0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to what is the season finale and could be the series finale of Full Court Chat with Dave Schilling. I'm Dave Schilling, and if it seems like I'm speaking faster and with more excitement than I've ever spoken on this show, uh, that is because I don't know what's going to happen with with this show. Um, We have tried to bring you uh, a hard-hitting journalistic experience. We've uncovered the secret plot to assassinate Beatles legend John Lennon. We've, we've uncovered the drug use and abuse of Shelley Bobkin on her daughter, Leslie. We've seen so much in this time. We, we've gotten uh, Cedric Devane, Formula One race car driver, to basically cry into a microphone. This has been an amazing show. But we are missing one thing, and that is sponsors. I don't have any money coming in. This is a recession. That we're going through. Uh, there's a pandemic outside. Um, protests are happening every day. No one gives a damn about sports. No one gives a shit about me or anything. Um, I am trying so hard to keep it together right now. And, <laughs> uh, uh, I, I, I I don't know if this is gonna work. I I don't know. Uh, we've got one last episode here today. It is with Reggie Brubaker, a professional wrestler. Those of you who know me know that I used to write for WWE, and I thought I was pretty good at it, but they fired me for, I guess, being annoying or sneezing in front of Vince McMahon. I don't know why, but they let me go, so I have a contentious relationship with wrestling, but we've got Reggie Brubaker. He's great, and and please, give. I need money to live. All right, guys, we are here with Reggie Brubaker, independent professional wrestler Reggie how you doing today?
1: I'm all right, brother. How are you? Let's get our phones off for this record come on
0: yeah what who's who's texting you right now? Uh, I don't know who that is uh
1: oh yeah, it's my chiropractor. I have my uh daily appointment and like well well I'll, I like to do this interview. you know, get the press out before I go to my cairo.
0: Okay, well, I mean, I would hope that you can just concentrate on this as opposed to whatever, you know, medical things you've got going on. It sounds like there's quite a bit of racket over there. Are you taking this seriously, sir?
1: Oh, yeah, 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 I'm taking it. Sorry, Uh, if you hear anything, it's just the sound of a hypodermic needle pushing fluid into my subcutaneous area.
0: All right, well, that seems uh, uh, unnecessary, but let's, let's skip over the illegal activity and let's talk about how you became a professional wrestler. You know, I love wrestling, too. I worked for WWE. I'm a big fan oh, of the big
1: show, huh <laughs> Oh, look at you w w e that that's like the fucking delta, the a t t of professional wrestling. I've always been a cricket wireless guy myself.
0: Oh, you, you got a prepaid wireless phone?
1: Oh, yeah, well, that's the only one I can get with my credit score. My credit's been absolutely fucked since I got hit with a fucking Ponzi scheme hard.
0: Oh, no, were you a Bernie Madoff victim?
1: Oh, I wish. No, uh, Lex Luger got me pretty hard. Uh, He had me invest in some low-level stuff, and then it ended up being a sort of bait-and-switch with some nickel stocks. Don't fully understand, but that guy had a metal plate in his arm, so I trusted everything he had to say, and boy was I off.
0: I mean, he must have had a hard time getting through airport security with that thing. Am I right? I'll tell you what.
1: Most professional wrestlers have a hard time getting through airport security.
0: The Iron Sheik
1: gets stopped at every goddamn uh, uh, airport along the way.
0: What, 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 why would that be?
1: I think it's uh, profiling on behalf of the uh, Transit TSA. What are they? Trans- Transportation Security Association?
0: Oh, so you're saying because he's Iranian that people are stopping him? Like he's a terrorist?
1: I'm, I'm saying more along the lines. I think the guy, I, I don't know. I, I came up with the sheik I'm pretty sure he's just from like, uh, Tampa, but he sells the Iranian part to help him get, uh, you know, get him, get him over as a heel. Uh, you know, the way he, when he came up, it was a good time in America. You could just be a bad guy by being from the middle East. You know, things are changed. Now characters are complicated. You got to be a vegan or you got to be woke or you got to be a Asian female. But back in the day, you could just be like, "Me, I'm black, which makes me the bad guy of this match."
0: I know it was easier for for the writers certainly. You just you just find a, any minority and just uh, the booze started raining down. It was it was great. Much harder in my day. But let's talk about how you started in wrestling. You know, you've been in the business a long time, all the way back to those early days uh, with guys like the Iron Sheik, Paul Orndorff. What got you into the business in the first place?
1: Uh well, I used to hang out. I used to hang out at Powerhouse Gym on Merrick Road in South Belmore, and uh, a lot of a lot of Long Island wrestlers would come through there. You know, uh, when when Raw was in town, the boy Kane and Undertaker, not real brothers, they'd be there just bench pressing, spotting each other. Uh, uh what's his name, Dwayne, the goofy guy with no future. Uh, the, kinda- the Rock. Yeah, what a gimmick. I don't even get it. The only rock I care about is the one uh, Sean Connery is breaking back into.
0: That's a great film.
1: Oh, you're telling me. From that movie, all I've ever wanted. Because of that movie, I wanted three things. I wanted a fucking Hummer. I wanted a little squirt bottle full of kerosene gas. And I wanted a gay barber to cut my hair.
0: I I think that's every American boy's dream. All right. So more more about wrestling, then let's get off of the rock and let's talk a little bit more about your 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 characters. You, you get, you've had some really interesting uh, gimmicks in, in your career. Some pretty yeah. colorful characters.
1: Yeah, I was uh I was uh the tow truck driver when I first broke onto the scene where I would uh kind of shoehorn my way into a match via saying like whose car is parked illegally outside. For example, say there's a wrestling match down in uh, Hartford, Connecticut at a local boys uh gymnasium, uh the little the boys club gymnasium. I'll come in pretending just to be a guy saying, "Hey, who's double parked?" And then whoever's in the ring say it's uh, Samson or uh, you know uh, Margot Martindale, the other big uh, names in the indie wrestling in tri-state area in the uh, early uh, early '90s to late '80s. There was I would come in and say like, "Hey, who's double parked outside? Are are you listening to uh, music by any chance over there?" I'm hearing a lot of shit. My bad, fam. You hear uh,
0: voices again,
1: well, yeah, I am hearing voices, actually, and I guess you know, yesterday I was out uh you know doing my normal training, and I was trying to squat a couple of goats down at the local farm, and one of them kicked me pretty hard in the temple, split my fucking hair uh wide open, so I'm having a hard time if it, it forgive me,
0: oh, it's okay, I mean I'm gonna uh, we're gonna roll with these punches here in this interview. It's gonna be okay, just hang in there. Keep your grasp on reality. All right. Oh, don't-, don't you
1: worry. I got a firm grasp on reality. Do reality not- is what I named
0: my uh, training dummy
1: that I have in front of me that I'm I'm holding in a sleeper hold while I do this interview because it's sort of like a thunder shirt for humans.
0: <laughs> well, I'm glad you're doing okay. Let's let's get back to your gimmick though
1: oh uh so i was the tow truck driver for a little while after that i was uh i was i did a spec character to try to become irs's assistant and uh, i went by the name hr blocker and uh that never really uh followed through uh erwin r he he kind of fucked me uh he got all the juice off being an anti-semitic hero
0: he was anti-semitic
1: well, if you name your character Erwin R. Scheister and you're an accountant and a bad guy and you work for the million dollar man, you could come across as sort of a negative Jewish stereotype.
0: Oh, my God. I don't think the, the man who portrayed Erwin R. Scheister is has even met a, a Jewish person outside of. Yeah, guess, that's Paul probably Haynes. part
1: of the problem with the portrayal, you know, like Hakeem, the African dream was clearly an Italian man.
0: yeah that's a good point he was not an african
1: by far he was very far from being an african he wasn't an african-american he certainly wasn't an african african uh
0: yeah i i think one of the problems with professional wrestling back then was it was pretty tone deaf about race issues Uh, Uh, oh the good old the good old days the good old days what was it like working with 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 some African American wrestlers? Let's say Coco Beware. I'm sure you. Oh, this motherfucker!
1: Over. Oh, Coco, Coco, a dream. His cockatoo, a nightmare. Uh, I had to room with Coco one time when we were performing uh, Well, we were doing uh, feats of strength at the Javits Center. Um, and uh, we were like showing off how strong we are by taking boxes off the back of a truck and unloading them for a company and uh, placing them where they asked us to and then collecting a paycheck at the end of the day. It was a fucking highlight of my life, but Coco, great guy, chill, always had the best bud, perfect for relaxation post-match, but I tell you what, that cockatiel, that thing was a fucking nightmare, dude.
0: Man, it sounds like you and Coco Beware worked uh, an actual job and not wrestled.
1: No, no, it was like a little one-off wrestling showcase thing. We did a few of these. We did this one-off wrestling showcase thing where this guy had us come to his house and do like a private wrestling match in where we kind of just cut his lawn, trim the hedges back, uh, you know, uh, uh skimmed his pool for him and power washed his deck. It was out in the uh in the suburbs of of Connecticut. It was a real A real slobber knocker, if you will. A real knockdown, drag-out, classic throwback match.
0: So it's kind of like a Falls Count Anywhere match, but while also doing yard work. Yeah, we
1: almost, because of the time constraints, we never actually got to wrestle each other. We were just hustling to get all the things done on the to-do list we got. But we took our pay, and we got out of there, man. Me and Coco, we had some fucking adventures.
0: At the end of the day, it really is all about the paycheck, right? For wrestlers... You know, you think about it being art, but really, it's about you know how much money you get at the end of the day. Has a has a, a promoter ever stiffed you on on your your payout?
1: Oh, Jesus Christ, that rem- oh yeah, this is a, this is perfect. So you're familiar with the Nassau Coliseum? I sure am on Long Island. Okay, so across the street from there is something called the Coliseum Deli, and I was doing a a big match at the Coliseum Deli during uh, a RAW that was going on at the Coliseum. I it was me and Scott Hall in a uh, a Falls Anywhere match, uh, hardcore, all that jazz. I went off uh, the top turnbuckle, which was the second floor of the Coliseum Deli. I, I did one of my cl- This was back when I was uh, the Merchant Marine. was I was wrestling under the guise of the Merchant Marine. And I did my classic finishing move, which is the uh, sailor's dive, where I put my hands behind my back and leap headfirst into my opponent when they're on the ground. And Scott Hall was, he rolled out of the way at the last minute, and I split my skull wide open open i looked like t-1000 when he takes the shotgun blast to the face i was split in half not down to the chest obviously that would be irreparable but i was split in half pretty much down to between my eyes it was a fu- and, and then the guy fucking stiffed me i was supposed to make 86 bucks that night and he only gave me 80 i was supposed to be reimbursed three dollars each way for gas i was driving a moped at the time to save money
0: that's that's incredible You you survived this, though. This sounds like a serious brain injury. Is that where the voices started?
1: Oh, the voices have been there since I was a child. When I was a kid, I would hear voices all night long, and they always sounded like my parents watching television in the other room. But to me, I knew they were voices in my head. It would be like the Rescue 911 theme song, followed by uh, Robert Stack describing a mystery that couldn't be solved. But these are the voices I would hear growing up. The voices I hear now as an adult are more sort of, uh, you know, it's the neighbor's dog telling me to, uh, you know, make sure I brush my teeth. Or it's uh, it's an evil spirit telling me it's time to wake up. You have to go pick up your daughter. Today is her quinceanera. Is, is, there a,
0: is there a voice in your head that sounds like Billy Joel?
1: I've got a voice in my head that tells me it might be wrong but I'm it's just the lunatic that I'm looking for. So that's exciting for me. I think I may have found the lunatic I'm looking for.
0: All right, let's get back to wrestling and talk about the fact that you have never in your career, sir, worked for WWE, not no WWE, no WCW, even AEW. Now the, the new company, you yeah, haven't worked for him. I've
1: never done any work for the big guys because, uh, um, back in the day, uh, you know, Triple H kind of has a lot of say over there, but back in the day when he was leaning more into his Hunter Hurst Helmsley porno kind of mentality, I sent him a spec DVD of me, you know, sucking and fucking a bunch of friends and enemies just to show him that you know I was versatile and I could you could use me in the WWE or in his side project as uh, as you know whatever his if he was trying to maintain kayfabe in a stronger way or whatever I, I was down to shoot some porn so I sent him a bunch of spec movies a lot of you know fucked up dark twisted shit like the kind of shit where it's not a stepmom but it's a real mom and we hold up birth certificates and stuff
0: that's all faked obviously you sit Triple H erotica oh yeah i sent him
1: uh uh, well i sent him some uh you know just slash fiction but i also sent him a lot of feature feature feature-length films that i shot and produced independently that involved me getting sucked sucking fucking getting fucked uh all kinds of silly goofy crazy ass bullshit just you know it was it was the early 90s people were just getting loose we didn't know about hiv or sexually transmitted diseases it was 93 right who knows about this stuff at the time we're just going fucking ham on each other's bodies having a hell of a time
0: i don't know reggie i feel like people knew a lot about hiv in 1993 Oh
1: well, hey, you know, not me, brother. Sorry, I didn't run in those circles. I was, I didn't really know a lot of gay guys. I spent most of my time at gyms, bathhouses, and saunas. Didn't run into many gay guys in my life.
0: Yeah, I could see how that wouldn't happen. Uh, what what kind of job were you hoping to get from uh pornographic films? It, WWE doesn't do porn. Yeah, not, yeah.
1: Well, that's exactly what Vince told me. That's what Vince told me. That's what the police told me. That's what the uh, appellate state, uh, the New York state appellate court judge told me that the WWE does not do porno. While they can't stop me from shooting my own porn, they can stop me from sending it around. Uh, and that was hard for me because I got in a lot of trouble when I went in front of the appellate state court. They accused me of stolen valor because I came in full dress for my character. You know, Sergeant Slaughter. I I was uh, I was uh, I was General Genocide, and I uh, I <laughs> I had a fl- I walk I'd walk into the ring, and I'd have a full a working flamethrower on my back, and uh, I, I would have like all this ho- horrific imagery of. Grass huts burning and shit. As I came out, and I would play "Fortunate Son" by Creedence. As I would enter the ring, and uh, it was fun for a while. But then, like slaughter, I eventually got busted for stolen valor, and they told me if I wasn't actually in the military, I couldn't call myself a general, and that also genocide is traditionally a rather bad thing.
0: Yeah, I I don't know how you would you would ever hope to get a job in in a big company if you're if you're character is uh, murdering people in 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 grass huts. I just I feel like you've gone uh you've gone way off here.
1: Well, just imagine, imagine trying to wrestle a guy who's seen a family burn and it didn't affect him at all. That's that's good, head Hey, I mean, this is around the time of Papa Shango. People are accusing me of coming in weird. This guy's putting curses on the Ultimate Warrior, who, by the way, is the um, encumbrance of uh, generations of warriors who have gone to Valhalla and then reincarnated themselves as a professional wrestler. Oh, I'm sorry that my premise was weird. I was just a Vietnam vet who had gone nuts and was keeping a necklace full of victims' tongues while spraying a flamethrower in the ring.
0: Reggie, I guess when you compare the two, your gimmick isn't quite as as terrifying. Uh, so maybe you know if under the right circumstances, if you tone it down a little bit, I could have seen you have a run with Hulk Hogan. You know, the patriotic American hero versus the man, the sociopath of the thousand yard stare, who's seen horrific things and has gone off the reservation. It's sort of like Apocalypse Now but with Hulk Hogan.
1: Oh yeah. Hulk Hogan. I mean, uh, you can, you might've been, you might've been able to gather from the stories I've been telling, but I'm on the outs uh, with a lot of people in the wrestling community. The only person who still talks to me is Terry, because I think, you know, he's the only person doing worse than me. I've never said the N word. And that was never, especially not in my own
0: sex tape. Uh, Yeah. I, I mean, based on your experience with, with erotica, you know, you could have... You could have.
1: Did anyone have that on their bingo board? That eventually an a, an American patriot hero would say the N-word in their own sex tape? that, And that would be his undoing? Did anyone have that? That he would shut down Gothamist single-handedly after being revealed as be a racist Greek? R-
0: Reggie, I feel like I think most of us thought it would be you that did it. Yeah, well, that's why I'm saying, huh?
1: You guys were all wrong. A lot of people in the WWE and the WCW around the time... <clears throat> Around the time when Nitro was popping off, when Sting had gone full the Crow, but wasn't killed by any technical advisors, um, when the Sting was in the ra- when Sting was in the rafters, these guys were all roasting me, saying, "You're definitely going to be the one that accidentally says a slur in his sex tape," and maybe at the time, maybe it's at the time because I was, you know, in hindsight, being twenty twenty, I was playing some pretty offensive characters, and I hadn't realized. I was a, uh, a a cannibal voodoo uh, warrior from Samoa. A lot of people found that to be very offensive. I did full brown body, um, which a lot of wrestlers were doing at the time. Hogan and and Mach and Randy Savage; those guys were the color of hot dogs. Yet when I come out as fully brown, people start to accuse me of uh, what they're now is now illegal in wrestling. It's called brown body
0: yeah you don't see a lot of guys slathering themselves in 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 grease paint anymore it seems like it's fallen out of favor I don't know if you were the the last one to do it but you were close I mean John Cena doesn't even look like he tans. he' so he's pale it, it drives me fucking crazy I can bear I can't even see the guy he's pale as a ghost <laughs> he's nearly invisible is is that is that manly I don't think so
1: no, there's nothing manner than being tanner, brother. That's what we always used to say. You a man? Time to get tan, we would say, as we lathered each other up with our cocoa butter pre-match.
0: I mean, it's amazing to hear all these, these stories from the road. You know, wrestling history is just filled with these kinds of fantastic stories. Oh, we've
1: got great... I got to meet Mickey Rourke when he was doing research for the movie The Wrestler. They, uh, uh, Darren Aronofsky reached out. Uh, we're friends. I, uh, I, was at the, uh, I, did, I did hair and makeup on pie. And uh, so Aronofsky reached out and asked me to be uh, a technical consultant, I have a couple of meetings with Mickey Rourke. So Rourke wanted to watch me suck off my pill uh, dealer so that he can get an idea for like how desperate and low some of these wrestlers could get. So he, he followed me to a Burger King uh, drive-through where I blew a guy in his F one fifty just to get a handful of Vikes, um, I, you know, and that's where a lot of the stuff from the wrestler came from. He said watching me uh, have to pick up the Vikings that the guy threw on the ground and said, "Pick these up, you little dog." Uh, uh, that kind of inspired Mickey to to really put on a good show as the rest as the titular wrestler in the wrestler.
0: I mean, considering there there were no scenes of, of professional wrestlers giving blowjobs to their drug dealers, did you feel like, other than that, it was an accurate portrayal of professional wrestling?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, I never got to go into, like, a, a match that was watched by more than a dozen people, but I'm assuming if you ever get that opportunity, it's got to feel just like that. But I do have a daughter that doesn't speak to me, so that uh, and uh, a father who uh won't speak to me and a sister who tries to speak to me but we don't speak the same language
0: what language does she speak reggie
1: oh uh she speaks um what's the language that they speak it's in mexico and spain and some parts of south america and uh they speak it in barcelona even though some people speak catalan what's the other one i think it's spanish yes that's it that's her that's her she speaks my sister speaks spanish
0: Oh, that's that's lovely. Well, uh it's strange that you don't, I guess, but you know what, we're not gonna delve too much deeper into your personal life because it seems to just get sicker and more depraved as we continue. So let me just wrap this up. You talked about Hollywood, you talked about the the wrestler and working with Aronofsky and blowing a guy in front of Mickey Rourke, um things that, you know, a lot of us will never experience. But you didn't make that transition. Hollywood, The Rock, Batista, John Cena—these guys did the big shows. Even in a sitcom. Oh, Reggie, how come you never did it? Do you do you not, not like these guys for for going Hollywood? Oh,
1: I I did I did have a sitcom for going around for a while. Me and uh me and the Canadian crippler Chris Benoit were pitching a sitcom around Hollywood. Where we play it was called manny's where the two of us would uh we ran a daycare for uh and uh and it was it was getting traction. We had a lot of cool people attached, but I forget what happened, but something blew up the whole thing
0: i I think uh it might have been when he committed a heinous murder and then hung himself. Oh,
1: yeah, that's probably that's probably what you're referring to. Yeah. Red, that did you makes hear sense. about that? You must <laughs> have
0: heard about that when it happened.
1: Yeah, yeah, well, to be honest, they all sort of blend together when most of the people you started in business with have died from either their own hand or um complications from the business themselves. That seems like uh there's something broken about the industry. Am I right, brother, or
0: what? <laughs> you seem like uh you might be one of the only few that survived oh no 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 I, what's today's date by the way it's it's a it's thursday you want to know thursday. the number is what's it late number? may it's late oh. may yeah yeah why, why do oh, you ask because right. i'm i'm die
1: i'm supposed to die on july 1st oh you planned it
0: well, I didn't plan
1: it. Papa Shango put a curse on me and said, 7-1-2020, your life shall be a plenty, and you will not live much further than 7-1-2020.
0: Uh, Reggie, Papa Shango is not really a voodoo master. Th- that's a character. Just like you, re- like, like you weren't really a genocidal maniac.
1: <laughs> yeah, yep, you're right. We're all characters, brother. I didn't even think of that. But I'll tell you what, the power of Shango is real, man. I, i'm worried i'm probably going down hard asap
0: well well if this is the last interview of reggie Brewbaker, i i think it was a classic you've you've illuminated a lot of stuff about pro wrestling you taught me the the depths of sickness inside the mind of a pro wrestler and i also would love to check out your pornography
1: Oh, of course. Yeah. Well, just check your inbox. I just sent. I just uh, shared a Dropbox folder with you. It's got about two hundred gigs. Uh, about a hundred of them are me in groups scenes, but another hundred is just solo jack sessions that I was making for Miss Elizabeth. Um, on the uh, Macho Man was paying me in pressed meat sticks to uh, make jack off videos for his wife.
0: Uh, all right. Well, I, you know, I, I'm glad I'm glad that uh, you were ahead of the curve and knew that I was going to ask because, you know, I, I might not have, but you took care of it. I, I appreciate it. Reggie Brubaker, please be safe. Please um, d- don't die. But if you do, I guess it's good for the episode because then, you know, I can promote it as the last time you ever spoke to anyone.
1: Uh, hey, listen up, brother. If you need my help, if you need me to die on like the day before this comes out, let me know. I'm I'm i I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm am a goner on seven one anyway. So for a, a few bucks, or if you want to throw a you know a little something together for my daughter, I'll 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 die. Hey,
0: if you want, I can I can off myself right here while we're recording. Yeah, that won't be necessary, but I appreciate your commitment to kayfabe and to the business. It's incredible and you will do anything for an angle and that's a, a lost art in wrestling.
1: All right, well, I'll take this belt off my neck.
0: Okay, yeah, but save that for later, okay? That's yeah, that right. was I, I just put this on
1: before we recorded. I didn't even I was uh didn't think it would come in handy, but turns out it did.
0: Just in case. Okay. Well, please stay safe. Uh thank you Reggie Brewbaker. Uh we'll talk to you soon hey thanks
1: brother and if if you're ever in the tri-state area um do me a favor and uh grab a dunkin donuts coffee and treat yourself i think people would really like it i haven't had one yet but the place looks great and i've been meaning to try it for a while is that an ad i fucking wish dude tell it's time to make the donuts i just uh there's a dunkin donuts by my uh by my gym and since that's where I pretty much shower and hang out 11, 12 hours a day, I keep eyeballing it. Someday I'm going to get, save up enough cheddar, get in there, get myself a sausage, egg, and cheese croissant.
0: Well, prayers up for you, Reggie. Uh, take care. Uh, hey, prayers up to you too, Dave.
1: Thanks for having me, brother.
0: Well, folks, that is, the, that is it. That, we are done. That is the last episode of a Full Court Chat with Dave Schilling for right now. We tried. We tried. If I haven't been canceled um, by the time I finish recording this outro, we might be canceled after this episode comes out because Reggie Brubaker said some things that are truly maniacal. That I don't even. I, why? He, he's sending pornography to WWE. That's, that's ridiculous. This guy. This is. I just. I don't know. I don't know what to say. I. I If we come back, it'll be because someone gave me money to do this. If we don't come back, you'll know why. So, for Dave Schilling, I am still Dave Schilling for now. And hopefully I will be later, Dave Schilling. Take care. Forever. Forever.